This episode of the podcast is brought to you by John Sports Trades. Follow me on Instagram at John Sports Trades, J O H N S P O R T R A I T S, or visit his website, John Sportstrates.com. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, you probably see the logo he created for us, the Severe Man Podcast logo, the True Balls logo. Uh, if you want a logo created, if you want to buy his drawings, if you want to look at his drawings, check him out. Instagram, John Sports Threats, John Sports Head on over to patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of SevereMMA.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 240 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, a.k.a. Shawnee. Christmas, aka Shawnee Podcast, the Pod God, whatever you like to call me, Shawnee Content, the Content God. That's what a lot of people have been calling me recently, the Content God, and that's only going to be upped over the next week. We have a podcast every day during is Christmas. Is this a terrible week. gimmick on purpose, or do you think this is a good gimmick? That's a fantastic gimmick. What are you talking about? This is not a gimmick. This is real life. This this is how I live. You just said it was a gimmick. Triple C. <laughs> the. the- how dare you call this a gimmick? It's funny because you you just called it yeah, a gimmick as well. So I, I, I listen. I was just merely answering your question, and if something slipped up, then these things happen. Actually, this is the first you know, podcast. <laughs> you can. This is the first podcast we've recorded in like a week where we haven't been like recording a podcast for the future because every other podcast we've recorded like last week will be coming out after this podcast, <laughs> so we could have a couple of days off during Christmas, so we could talk like normal, actual human beings. Uh, on this Are you going to sing for the, the podcast audience uh, for Christmas like you were singing, singing for me there? Oh before God, yeah. So it was, we were talking about My Chemical Romance. They came back last night after uh, they had like a five-year hiatus and I was singing them when I came on and Graham, didn't, Graham doesn't know the song Teenagers. Like, how can you not know the song Teenagers? It was like number one for ye- weeks. It's a... Come on. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Are you uh, <laughs> I didn't sound familiar at all. Are you a Billie Eilish fan? Maybe, maybe it was your rendition. Uh, Billie Eilish, yeah, I know a couple of songs. I saw her at Electric Picnic this year, oh, but yeah. Missed, uh, Missed Bad Guy. Yeah, that's good. When yeah. the Party's Over is like the best song of the year by a mile. It's fucking classic. I don't know the names of them, but I recognised a uh, good few of them. Give us a bit of a song there, go on. It's Christmas here. You have to have a song on Christmas. No, go on. I don't sing. I don't sing. Hey, I'm coming home and I'm on my own. No? Wouldn't give us a bit of a song now? Leave it to the, the fucking the <laughs> talent. Leave it to the talent to sing the songs. But if you're looking at you, actually before we start this uh, and get into the UFC card, we okay, it's coming out on on Wednesday for Patreon subscribers, and I believe it'll be as our normal podcast next Sunday because Wednesday is it? What, Liverpool will still be world champions on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go on. Coming out Wednesday and Christmas Day, we'll have the podcast. That my twenty ball predictions for the year and a review of last uh, last year's ones, and that'll be coming out for everyone for free on Sunday, as like our normal podcast uh, next week. But in that, we talked about Sinri Sahuda and we talked about him having two belts. But since we recorded that, he has lost one of his belts. So let's let's talk about that a little bit here. And in the news, the next in like seven days time, everyone will be listening to it again. It'll be wrong, but here we go anyway. Henry Sahuda stripped of his uh, his flyweight title. There looks like they're going to make David Sinfrigueira versus Joseph Benavides for the 
belt. Looks like Henry's going to fight someone for the Bantamweight title. Do you think it's do you think it's the right decision here to strip Henry? And uh, well, he's saying he's relinquishing the flyweight title, but to, <clears> to move on without Henry. Well, it depends on if, if he told him I'm going to fight the next two fights at whatever the higher weight, then I can understand why. But if not, then I don't think it's the right decision. Yeah, I like. Do you know what everyone hates uh, interim titles and all that? I think this was the perfect time for an interim title. When you have a double champ like that who was injured, I think they should have made that interim title months ago. And I said it at the time as well. It's not just uh, because it's happened now. Like, Joseph Benavides is there, right? You yeah. give Joseph- it, must be, it must be a thing of... Because, like, having a double champ is, is a big selling point. And, yeah. and in then divisions, nobody cares outside of the hardcores. Uh, so it really helps having the double champ, I think. Yeah. So it must be something with... Like, with this injury, maybe he's planning the next fight at... Um, you know, the next two fights, even, at, at the higher weight. So uh, there must be something like that going on. Because uh, I don't know why they... They're, they're so reluctant to strip people usually and love a love an interim title as you mentioned so it's a it's there must be something else going on yeah like i think it'd make perfect sense make the uh interim title joseph benavides has a win over henry cejudo you know you make joseph joseph benavides is probably going to win that title you know everyone thinks joseph benavides is a fantastic fighter then you have two champions henry cejudo versus joseph benavides two belts in the line after the the champ champ got beat by the other guy that's a fucking big fight right there i think you know the biggest fight you could probably get in the flyweight division yeah you know? i agree and like you know if if cejudo was kind of wasn't his decision or he wasn't saying here i don't want to make this weight cut again or something something on his side because yeah it doesn't it doesn't make sense like you have a, a rematch there of a guy that beat the champion before mm-hmm. like he it's, it's perfect like you know the, it's hard to get interesting fights for casuals at, at at lower weights but a double champ fighting a guy who beat him before is a is a good story yeah yeah definitely uh right let's get into uh the ufc card from the from the weekend so and uh we're talking about this is going to be a bit awkward for me talking about frank edgar here because i i you remember we talked last week and you mentioned about the the mendez mcgregor fight and you thought mendez won that first round and you said it despite everyone thinking you'd be no i thought, I thought mcgregor i'm yeah. sorry you thought mcgregor won it and you said uh you're going to say it anyway despite everyone thinking you'd be like extremely biased or you had like a horse in the game or whatever even though you kind of did but you, you were you know you were right and you were going to say it yeah, you, you can't not say what, what what you think is correct just because people will think uh, it's because of this. Mm-hmm. You know, Frank, yeah. you have ulterior motives in yeah. other people's mind. You, if you know yourself, that, like I watched that round like several times to make sure I was right before saying it to anybody. You know. Yeah, Frank Edgar needs to retire. Like, like wh- why? Why does he go on? We said it after his last fight that Frank Edgar was done as a championship fighter and as someone who is going to genuinely challenge someone for the championship. Now he's done as like a top fighter in in terms of even a contender in terms of a top five fighter. He is, he's absolutely done. Like Frank Edgar was a fantastic fighter and he could go, he could go and beat someone in the top fifteen, top twenty, or whatever, and he could still win those fights. But why would you do it? Frank Yeager has earned a lot of money in MMA. He's had lots of title fights. What's that, like nine would you title say he fights? he has earned a lot of money, would you? He's earned a good bit on you. He's earned like millions. What were his like. pay-per-views selling? Yeah. What were his pay-per-views selling? Like uh, millions over, over a lot of years. How much? Like one million over a few years. You know, I don't know how much Frank Yeager would have left in his bank account. Maybe he's a real diligent guy and doesn't spend his money a lot, but a lot of these... Maybe Frank Yeager is a bad example. Maybe he is one of these guys, but I think uh, a lot of these guys, they think like... Uh, they don't really think about this is going to end soon or this is going to end when I'm in my mid-30s. They think I'll be able to fight longer and they kind of rely on that and don't really... You know, if he retires now, what's Frank Yeager going to do? Yeah, but he, like... 
I, I agree. And that's actually kind of my point as well. Like, whether he's earned a load of money or whether he hasn't earned a load of money, it's... it's. This, I'm not really talking about Frank Yeager here as much as I'm talking about, like, an indictment of the sport. That someone in Frank Yeager's position isn't... It isn't a no-brainer for him to retire. Like, I remember I put out that tweet after the last fight when he lost. Yeah, as, as a champion and, like, you know, for, for, like, you know, big big fights mm-hmm. in the big division, he should, like, if fighters were being paid anywhere near what they what they should be paid, and that's obviously a different debate. But a guy like that, you think, like, would, would, would have millions in the bank, but I just doubt he does because... You know, uh, obviously, we don't know what undisclosed payments and uh, fight night payments are, are usually a lot lower than what the real payment is. And I don't know about Frank Yeager's pay per view points. I don't think they're they're all that they're all that much, and how much what percentage he's getting. Also, we don't know this stuff, and uh, especially when Frank Yeager was champion, like nobody was was really getting paid anything uh, near what they deserve. And people aren't now, but at least there's a there's a few people who are getting uh, rewarded, even though. Even though even those people probably should be making more, yeah. but uh, yeah, from the outside, people who don't really know, know the intricacies of, of fighter payments and stuff, and in MMA, might think ah, Frank Yeager, he's probably like, you know, got a mansion and millions in the bank, but I doubt he does. So he'll fight for a lot more years, probably. Yeah. Like it's it's sad that that ha- that's even a thought in him. I'll actually I don't think that's right. I think Frank Yeager has done all right. I think he's done pretty well. I think like he doesn't he run a gym and I'm sure he's you know if he was to go and do seminars and you know what say whatever you want about Ali Abdelaziz, but he always gets his fighter gets his fighters a lot of money. So I actually I think he's done okay. He might be you yeah. know he might be Frank Yeager as well was around as champion when you could get sponsors and shit yeah. as well and you're, so maybe he made a bit of money that way. Bro. Yeah, but the, that's the, that's not the point. The point here is like. In the sport, right? I remember Gary Neville talking about it. So, if anyone doesn't know, sorry, he's a Man United defender, won five or six league titles, won the Champions League, was a very, very good player. Bang average, very good player. He he talked about how he went out one day and he had this a dreadful game, and he knew he was career his career was finished in, and he was like, "This is retired it." Retired at half time. Yeah, he? he basically retired, and he was gone. And we see it with other players as well. Like, but you you see it sometimes when players. You know, say like a Steven Gerrard, I think like his last year at Liverpool, everyone kind of see he was old and finished. And he went and played in America for a year and then he, you know, he went away. He, you know, he had that bit at the end, but you see it with, with lots of players. And they, in most sports, it's not drawn out that much. And even in, you know, say like someone like, I don't know, say someone like a, a Wayne Rooney, you know, he went to America and he's gone playing for Preston. You can kind of do that in those sports a little bit, but it's... In MMA, it's a lot different because there's no hiding place because you're going from fighting the top contenders of the world and getting beaten by them to then getting beaten by guys just below them and then getting beaten by very, very bad guys. That's the way it goes. Like, Frank Yeager right now might not lose to the top, you know, the, the 20th best guy in the world. But in a year's time, will he? And in a year after that, who will he be losing to? And in a year after that? And how many years until he becomes what BJ Penn is now? That's the thing. What's the point where you cut it off? Like, people might say, oh, I hate Frank Yeager and everything. I'm looking out for Frank Yeager here. This is the point. No, it's not the point. Six months ago is the point where Frank Yeager should have caught it off. He's, it was seven years ago since he was a champion. He lost five title fights in a row. It's, not, he's, it's only downhill from here. It's only downhill from here. That's the point where guys need to walk away. Look, I can understand it if it's a guy who's never fought for a title and is a journeyman who who has never earned a load of money and he needs it as a living to keep fighting. You know, Frank Edgar might need the money, but I feel like there's other things Frank Edgar can do. If you open the gym, loads of people will come to it, especially where he's from. He's, you know, in, in New Jersey. He's huge there. People absolutely adore him and he could do something there. You ha- There's a point where you have to reach, you have to move on. You're going to have to move on at some point. 
and now is the point you know this is the point and in mma i feel like we need to start saying that i, I people are i hate when journalists say it. it's not my job to tell someone to retire isn't it though is it not your job to look at what happened to bj pin or look at chuck liddell or look to any of the other fighters who it's happened to down through the years and analyze their decisions and the decisions they've made and the way those decisions have worked out for them over the years is that not their job as a journalist to look at that and analyze that part of the game that's what's going to happen to guys like, and it's not just Frank Giger. I'm not singling out I Frank Giger. It's just because like, he fought last know, night. It's, it's, it's sad seeing BJ Penn in there looking so terrible, but also we don't really exactly know what's going to happen in the future with these guys like getting hit getting hit so much and in the NFL after the NFL's around a lot, lot longer and they're only kind of figuring out what the, the consequences of, of all these hits are, are now. So, uh, yeah, like, okay, maybe, they, maybe Frank Giger can... I don't know how much he, he's he's on yet. Or hold on, go on the doggy, go on the doggy. <laughs> who's I on with? Uh, who's on it recently? And they were I was saying like uh, attacked, and they're always the submission radio lads. I was saying like oh he should attack more or something like that. And the dog got <laughs> when I said the words attack. <laughs> uh, good timing. It was, it was good timing in fairness. But I suppose we might as well talk about the fight while we're talking about Frank Edgar and then that as well. Look. Chan Sung Jung looked absolutely fantastic. His jab was on point. He was much faster than Edgar landing the shots first. His left hook was absolutely brilliant. Just picking Edgar off, I thought he looked fantastic. Uh, and he just did really everything he needed to do. But, you know, Frankie looked slow. He didn't look like the Frankie of old. We know where Frankie's famed for his footwork. It didn't look the same. He couldn't get away from uh, Korean Zombie. You know, we know Frankie is a guy who's who's faster, especially a, a guy like the Korean Zombie, who is a guy who will stand there, plant his feet and throw shots. Like, Frankie should be running rings around him and trying not to get hit by him. But this fight landed, what, three, three minutes, 18 seconds? And I think it was 79 times he got hit by him. In those 3 minutes, 18 seconds, that is an awful lot of shots. And how many of them were big, hurtful shots? Uh, it was it was pretty devastating, wasn't it, by the Korean Zombie? Yeah, he basically just completely ran through Frankie Edgar like, like he was nothing. Um, obviously, Frankie's got a granite chin historically, and he, he showed it kind of again here nearly. Like, you know, he, he could have been out a couple of times before. Uh, but Korean Zombie just kept the, the pressure up, like a lot of punches, as you mentioned. And they weren't just, you know, they weren't just small punches. They were trying to open up. He took the back. He landed more punches. Uh, and then when Frankie managed to scramble to his feet, uh, he just got hit with another. Like, he just did the striking was just too much for him it was just uh too quick as you mentioned frankie looks slow and uh korean zombie kind of just dominated everywhere basically yeah it even got to the point where mark henry tried to throw in the towel and mark Goddard just stopped it at that time so like that's that's how bad it looked for for frankie edgar there but yeah, fair play to Mark Henry yeah, though as well. That's very good. Yeah, we should be encouraged. I you know I give out him about his cornering a, a lot, but that was that was the right decision to try to do. I know he didn't manage to get it in and whatever, but you know he thought about it and that, like, Mark Henry. I think Mark Henry knows as well that what I'm saying here is correct, and I think in the cold light of day, uh, they'd probably agree with me. Like, you know, no one wants to see that happen to your fighter. And, like the Korean Zombie is a very good fighter, but a few years ago. That was not like last week in the podcast. I went back and listened to. It. We both thought this would go to a decision. I thought uh, the Korean Zombie just when you talk Frank Yeager would, would just win like a close decision. Like I think we have a lot of respect for Frankie's chin and his ability and his, you know his his skill. Um, 
Although that, was, that was also predicated on Green Zombie kind of being out of action for a long time and, and looking, looking good and getting, you know, looking good in one fight and looking good in another, getting knocked out and stuff. You were unsure of exactly where he was. But, um, yeah, obviously Frankie, like, he still has the ability to beat, like, a lot of guys, like, obviously you mentioned over, like, a year or two, it'll, it'll probably start, you know, what is he now, like, nearly 40? Let me just check what age Frankie Edgar is. You talked yeah, there. Yeah, but, like, the, the the more important thing than his actual age is the amount of time he's had inside the cage. Oh, yeah, that rhymes exactly. That's what I say he's thirty eight and he's and he's more than that in terms of ring time and damage. Like the, like even those Gray Maynard fights alone, like their career change and fights both of them. Yeah. And that was years ago, and he's taken serious damage since then. Yeah, he's taken a lot of damage in those Aldo fights, that Max Holloway fight last night. Uh, Brian Ortega sparked him in that fight. He has the most fight time in UFC history, most minutes inside the cage than anyone of all time ever. So that's what... And when you hear stats like that, people will think, oh, that's a, that's a great stat. But when I hear that stat, I'm like, hmm, that means he doesn't have many left. You know, it's like when Wayne Rooney broke that uh, Man United goal-scoring record. I'm like, hmm, how many more is he actually going to score? There's a reason why there's these goal-scoring records there and things like that. But... And, and there's a reason why this record is there. It's it's not going to be get broken by too much, to be honest. And hopefully, it's not broken by any more, to be honest. I I, I really hope it isn't. I, I, I like I uh, Frankie can fight some guys. He can beat guys. Well, why do it? Like why? There's no reason. He's not getting back to a title. He's never winning a title again. It's only getting worse. But from these here. guys, like you know, they have to retire themselves. And like nobody can really retire these guys because they can just go to another gym or go to another promotion. Like even like you know, Dana tried his best to retire Chuck Liddell, and he ends up coming back ten years later. Or whatever it is like these guys just have this unwavering belief like especially these guys who've been champions and mm-hmm. to, to get there you have to have this just like no quitting different level life. yeah just different level uh, belief in yourself and dedication and frankly i'm probably watching that and oh, i should have done this and if i had yeah. done that uh if i just had done this i would have won you know what i mean that's yeah. how these guys think and there's no way he's gonna retire yeah that's true like i'm i'm probably making it sound too simple but you're dead right like you're actually you're uh, you're asking a guy who's done his you know lived his whole life for the last 15 years probably never quitting having no quitting him and you're asking him to quit now that's a fucking very hard thing to do like and i know i'm and my problem my whole issue is like it should be more it should be the norm like that should that should just be the norm we see in boxing like like david hay after his last fight he lost two fights in a row and he said no i'm out and that's it and he you know he never fought again that's that's the end of it and, you know he might come back and other people they come back in all sports and but it should be more the norm i think to leave at this point you know when you're when you've reached the top and you're completely on the way down that that's the point to go but oh never um another thing he, he can't fight cory sandhagen in six weeks time or whatever it is coming up just that should be completely out of the question now and i hope it is we haven't heard that yet or anything or i haven't anyway certainly but hopefully that's completely out of the question and the move down to 135 pounds is, is out of the question as well because yeah i have no interest in seeing that after what happened last night when he's a complete way way slower than jansen's and what's going to happen when he goes down to 135 pounds it's just it's not going to be. It's not going to be good. But but in his head, he's going to. Oh, I'll be bigger. I'll bully these guys. I'll finally have this size advantage. You know. Uh, you know these guys. Probably that's probably what he's thinking. That is true. That is true. Uh, right. Let's move on. This this Volkan Odzgamir, uh Alexander Rakic fight. I was like a round and a half into this fight, or a little bit more, and I was like, oh fuck this fight could go all the way <laughs> because that, 
and I was like not scoring it but watching the first round I'm like someone's just going to get knocked out here these boys were fucking slanging bunches just thrown with reckless abandon here uh, Vulcan won it on a split decision 29-28 3 uh, 3 29-28 2 to Vulcan yeah. 1 to Rakic well, the first was... round was pretty clear for mm-hmm. Rakic I think and this, the so. second round is the one that's going to go for debate really uh, yeah. the third was close as well but I think Uzdemir did enough um, yeah I'd, I'd have to go back and watch it again I didn't think to be you know when you're watching a fight you don't think oh this is going to be controversial mm-hmm. <laughs> better watch this really closely but uh, yeah no I thought Rakic actually did enough in the second round to, to win the fight yeah. but, I actually I actually usually do watch it that way these days anyway because I talk so much bullshit about judging uh, but I didn't with this fight for some reason I said like halfway through the, the second round I was like oh fuck but uh, after the, the bell I was like I think Vulcan has won it no I might, I might go back and watch it and say no I think Rakic has won it but yeah I, I don't think the, the decision was too bad like I thought um I thought this is a good kind of learning fight for Rakic in that he goes in there and as you said like he threw a lot in the first round and probably you know wouldn't win that first round although Vulcan landed his shots as well um but when you're a bit and he's he got that fucking knee kicked in and the cutman did a great job on it in, in the middle of the round to get the inswell on it and get the hematoma and the knee down for Rakic but the fact that you know when you get into a round like that and you're like Rakic and haven't really had that many uh that many fights in the top level you know this is his 14 fight and he knocked out Manoa in his last fight but before that it's you know the likes of Devin Clark, Justin Lede, Frank France uh Francimar Barroso so not the best you know level of fights uh, in the world there when you're going in against someone like Ozdemir who's you know has his flaws but is a top fighter at the same time uh, and you're taking damage like that and you can't get him out of there and you're going into the third round with a guy like that it's a very good learning experience i think rakic is a, a good very good athlete he hits hard he's he's a good technical fighter uh in some ways anyway at least and i think i think this you know this fight will bring him on and i don't think a loss does really anything much to him only maybe puts him back a little bit to get him a new another few fights which with john jones at the top of the division mightn't be the worst thing in the world but you know good win for vulcan Azimir. i suppose a win that vulcan you know, maybe needed after recently. I know he beat Latifi in his last fight, but he was on a three-fight losing streak before that, losing to Reyes Smith and uh, DC, obviously, in that title fight back in uh, 2018. So a two-fight win streak now for Udzimir. It's good to see him back on track uh, after that. But what, what did you think of the, the fight? A good, tough fight, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like, you know, when a decision is this close, a lot of people think, oh, uh, it's a robbery either way. They always call it like, and and in the past there used to be a lot of robberies, but I don't think this was one of them. Yeah. Uh, it's good though, like you know, you, judging was in some state there a few years ago. I don't know how many years ago now, but uh, all the time, every event nearly there was some a terrible decision or more than one terrible decision. And you know now now like okay, there's there's people who think a guy won't want to fight either way, but there's none of these where everybody agrees one guy won't fight and the ref or the judges saw something else yeah you do get the odd rogue scorecard but it's, it's odd now instead of standard yeah definitely myself and Andy actually did a podcast we coming on Monday talking about that what, what did you think of did you see Joe Rogan's comments this week saying that judges haven't the clue they should get ex-fighters to be judges there should be eight judges cage side <laughs> It's like this thing like in, in, in soccer as well. They're always like, oh, we need ex-pros to be referees. What fucking ex-pro wants to be a fucking referee? Like, yeah. like, yeah, what ex-pro like, would be good at it either? Like, it's... Yeah, joining the circus like and going around like 
these guys got out and I'm really out. They go all over the place uh, mm. and join the circus and they don't get paid that much. Like, you know, it's not like this glamorous job. Like, why would they want to do it? Like, and judging, like, you know, um, like Ben Cartledge or these guys aren't living in mansions and they're away from their families or whatever. If they have families, like, all year, there's no break. It's like not a glamorous job. I don't know why why people always suggest this in different sports. Yeah, it's it's very weird. But I think like, I think the biggest issue with and judging... And wouldn't even be good at it. Like, didn't like Ricardo Almeida do it and he wasn't yeah. very good at it and he had like loads of like conflicts because all oh, his gym mm-hmm. had a rivalry with this gym and all, all this fucking shit going <laughs> that, on in the that's background. The, I think the conflicts is the biggest issue because I'm sure like if they went out and had the right training of how to judge a fight and you know they understood the fighting nature as well, I'm sure over time they would be an excellent judge. But the conflicts are the biggest issue because like... You know, there's always going to be someone, especially with jujitsu, with the you know the the, uh, the linear nation of it. Suggest to, to Frankie Edgar, yeah, Frankie, you should become you should become a judge. <laughs> judge, yeah, Frankie Edgar, get into judge. <laughs> you know, you won't see your family ever, but like yeah. you know, get paid like four hundred quid or something. Like, relax. Thing, yeah, yeah. Well, I think like the main issue in judging is the the lack of understanding of it, and you know, the lack of understanding of the scoring system, and us. And I think I we've both done it on this podcast in the past, you know, maybe a couple of years ago. But, like, judging fights, how we think fights should be judged. Like, some people will call robbery if they believe a fighter won the fight as, like, a whole fight rather than won round one and one three, round three, you know what I mean? Like, that's not it. That's not the rules of the game. You know, if you think in, in soccer that a last man tackle shouldn't be a red card and someone tackles someone last man and it, it's a red card, you can't say, no, that shouldn't be a red card. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times when people are watching, like, UFC in groups, they'll be like, oh, I heard you score that round and people will say the majority will kind of agree and then that's kind of, like, settled then and mm-hmm. onto the next round and then it's a robbery. Oh, that was... You know, everybody agreed here. Kind of like, you know, half the people probably weren't even half weren't even watching it. Yeah, and like the the thing about the scoring system is now as well. You know, we look at boxing and it's a little bit different. Like boxing, when you're jabbing and you're you know you're running around, you've you've your ring generalship, and there isn't that like a big huge shot, and you're doing that. You you know you're winning that fight in boxing. It's it's very different. Like people try to bring that into MMA. I think a little bit. Whereas in MMA, like the Aldo Moraes third round the last day, it's a perfect example. Aldo was running that fight, you know, he was pushing forward, he was landing, you know, a few shots in there, but Moraes was picking him off from the back foot and maybe landed six hard shots in that round. And this is, we have to remember, right, this is a fight, this is about inflicting damage, this is about doing effective striking and effective grappling. And the effect that Marlon Moraes had on with those strikes was worth more than anything Aldo did pushing forward. Like, if you're just, the example is this one of Leicester City. Like, Leicester City in most of their games, the year they won the Premier League, the, the other team were pushing forward the whole time. The other team probably had more shots. The other team had more, um, uh, you know, shots on target, more more possession. But what were Leicester City going doing? They were going down the other end and scoring 2-0. That's the same thing. They're countering and scoring like that. The, the effect of those two goals has a bigger effect on the game than, than fucking 75% possession Man City would have against them. It's the same in fighting. If you're pushing forward and pushing forward and pushing forward and then you get hit... You're losing that fight because you got hit. Like, and I think that's a thing that we need to change. If you're laying on top of someone and you're landing no shots, then it stands up and you hit him with a shot. Well, what had more of an effect? You laying on someone, just doing nothing, or that fella punching you in the face? What matters more, laying on top of someone for two and a half minutes or getting punched in the face? Which is more an effect? It's the punch in the face. So, well, anyway. it depends on the impact of the punch in the face. Though. Exactly. It, it does depend on the impact. It's all about damage and everything like that. But anyway, that's <laughs> I'll be getting Vin on in the next couple of weeks anyway to do a judging podcast. And I could keep going on about judging all day. But 
anyway that's it's, it's been very it's been a very frustrating week for people who actually like, care about that stuff and who want to actually uh understand it rather than just wanting to develop an under uh a system of their own understanding rather than to understand our current system but however and joe rogan has has done more damage for that has been absolutely horrendous for that but anyway right this do what i charles jordan fight <laughs> god almighty like the the one thing and I, I'll get your thoughts, but the one takeaway I took out from this is like, has Duhochai ever sparred in his life? Like Duhochai looks to me like a lad who trains only by like hitting mitts and hitting the bag because it it feels like he fights like the, there's nothing coming back. He's just throwing shots and like not don't bother with the fence. I no, I'm no. Yeah, it's just, it's just reckless. <laughs> it's mad, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 What you what you what did you think of the fight overall? Yeah, it was like he is like he, that reckless style is always going to lead to exciting fights. Uh, he, he has some good wins, like uh, his best wins come doing that, and obviously it's going to lead you open to losses as you kind of step up the the rankings uh, and fight better guys. But uh, it was an exciting fight. He, he obviously big left hand uh, finished it, but uh, uh, like you know, he's still not you know he's young in his career. As you said, he, he has some gaping holes in his game that. Maybe he'll never. Maybe he wants to be that exciting guy and mm-hmm. try to win bonuses and entertain people. Or maybe he will try and like, close his holes in his game as he develops and try to make a run at a, at a belt. Like he still has a lot of tools and, uh, you know, some of the some of the mistakes he made or like some of the the chances he takes he, he, with a better game plan or a different game plan, he he could easily correct them. But yeah. it's kind of. It's kind of up to him, and it would be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was an exciting fight and a really nice finish. Yeah, it it definitely was. Yeah, like, and we said that, and he was winning the round or winning the fight early. Like he was picking him off. He was running. Um, uh, Jordan was or what's his name? Jordan was running in. Sorry, and he was getting caught. And you know, uh, the Korean superboy was landing that lovely left hand all the time. Uh, he was kicking the leg, but uh, Jordan came in and landed that big uh, late shot. I think it was a right hand, r- right on the bell, kind of just just before that. And um, Korean Superboy did a good job of uh, of surviving. But what Jordan was doing through that all that round and where he got success late anyway was just kind of thrown with reckless abandon, you know, coming in, throwing all the shots he could. And he came out in the second, he was like more calm, he was picking his shots, he was attacking the body, and he he did well doing that. But that's kind of not what got him his success uh, in, in the in the first round. Then Chai came into it more as the as the round went on. He was landing shots, um, you know, he was fighting, <laughs> throwing those shots again like no one was thrown back at him. Uh, big left hand by uh, by Jordan knocked him down and a few uh, few shots on the ground. There was one on the finish shot, but it was a it, it was a good stoppage I think because yeah, when he when he dropped him, you could see there was one shot there that uh, the Korean superboy took, and it was it was never coming back. But there was nothing coming back at him. But like Jordan didn't actually impress me <laughs> that much. But he did a good job of like I think he's a hard hitter. He hits very hard. He stays in there. He's a very good chin. He's not afraid to take a shot to give one. Uh, I like I wouldn't be calling him uh, a top contender going forward or anything or a big prospect, but you know it's it's one of those fights. If you're the Korean Superboy and you have big issues like that, they're in when you get to the UFC, they're going to be shown up, and that's uh, that's very unfortunate for him. Um, right in elsewhere in the main cards, uh, you'd uh, Da U Jung beat Mike Rodriguez, Jung Young Park won, and Kyo Ho Kang won. Uh, Split decision. People have uh, have high hopes for him. Didn't this Cyril Gagne Tanner Bowser fight? I really enjoyed this fight. I thought it was. Do you know what fight it reminded me of? It reminded me of Conor McGregor versus Max Holloway a bit. Like he was, 
hopping around like like yeah. McGregor does. And a weight fight like that's that's, that's very, very rare. Like yeah, there's a, there was a lot of technique rare. going on in uh, yeah. in this fight. Uh, uh, Ganya obviously, <coughs> sorry, Ganya obviously. Um, He's, he he dominated the fight and got a, a wide decision. You know, um, maybe you know he's very young in his career. Maybe with a bit more experience and fights like this will give him more experience. He he, he would have finished that fight. Maybe he finished a guy like this in in a couple of fights time. But hopefully he gets the slow build up because six fights is is not a lot in MMA and uh, obviously the the step up is uh, is is huge from a guy like Tanner Bosser to you know the top of, the top guys in the division but with time he can be a serious force yeah, he's unbelievable he's like an unbelievable athlete he's really really good defensively he barely takes a shot he's the, the only problem is and someone asked it on the Q&A is this UFC heavyweight division too small to build him properly and that might be a problem because he might get two more wins and they might be putting him in there against fucking Derek Lewis or you know uh, you know someone very good anyway you know, Volkov in Ghana or something like that and you know I think he trains with Ngannou so maybe not him but uh, it's, going, it's going to be tough and like I think he's a way better fighter than Derek Lewis has ever been or will ever be uh, but it's, it's a very dangerous fight especially with like a worldly wise guy like that who's used to fighting the top top guys and very good athletes as well um, so it's you know fights like that are tough for someone young that you can be a better fighter than the guy but he'll beat you with experience so I think that's a danger with Cyril Gagne but other than that I don't see many dangers for him I think this lad is on the fast track to being the best heavyweight in the world or towards that anyway he's he's absolutely fantastic like the most I was impressed with him was his actual cardio because we talk a lot I talk about Jack Hermanson fighting in the middleweight division and I see Jesus the way he fights is very difficult to keep going as a middleweight you know we're used to fucking Demetrius Johnson fighting that way or like as I mentioned McGregor against Holloway where you kind of you know you a lot of movement based striking and Ganya is like that as well. Not as much, obviously, because he's a heavyweight, but he's probably the most for any heavyweight. And he was still going strong in that third round. I didn't really see any signs of him getting tired. And that was very impressive. You know, he was throwing, he was throwing that uh, that stepping knee like McGregor does, lovely jab down through the middle. I was actually impressed with Bowser in this fight as well. I thought he did a good job of throwing back. He hit him one big shot in the first round. Ganya switching stances constantly, and Bowser did the same, and he met him. And I think his biggest issue was he was kind of not as comfortable fighting out of uh, Southpaw. And uh, Ganya was attacking from there. But I thought he did well. You know, I thought this was a very, very good test for him. And I think Bowser is someone who in the future, give, get him a few more fights. Maybe, I don't know what camp he's fighting out of. But if he's in a good camp and keep, can, you know, can get some improvements. I think I think he could be a top 15 guy. You know, I don't think he'd be a, like a champion or a top five guy or anything like that. But I don't think he's, I don't think he's a, a terrible, terrible fighter at all. I see some positives there for him as well. But, you know, Cyril Ganya. I think future champion is is not too far off the mark. He's he's really really good. Are you imp- as impressed with him as as I am? Yeah, future champion's a, a big call, but it, it does like he does look to have all the tools there. Um, obviously, we haven't really seen him face much adversity. Uh, if things start going wrong, you know he has to do things he do, he didn't plan on doing with his cardio hold up. Will, will he? You know, has he got some glaring weakness in his game that we don't know about? Obviously, there's, there's those things, but from the the surface, from from looking at what what we've seen so far, it looks like he he definitely has the the ability to to take it very far. Yeah, he he does. I agree with that. Um, right after that, then we Sung Woo Chai won. Uh, Omar Antonio, uh, Ronnie Barcelos, Amanda Lemos, Heli Al Tenya, and then 
I think it won fight of the night, didn't it? Oh no, um, Jordan versus Duhajai won fight of the night, which was fair, fair enough. But it, for me, this was my fight of the night. And I think fight of the weekend, uh, Alessandra Pantoja versus yeah. Matt Schnell. What a fucking fight this was. <laughs> just went out and they just like threw hands. 10 seconds in, it was already a deadly fight. Like, yeah, usually it's a bit of like, you know, touching and circling around. Or yeah. <laughs> This fight wasn't any of that. <laughs> it was funny. I was, uh, I was watching where I was with, I was somewhere anyway, and I was like, someone else was watching TV, and I this was after the fight. So I was watching it back, and I was like, oh, I'll throw it up in the phone. And I was, I was watching it in like quietness, and I was like, like watching it myself, and everyone else was watching television. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> just like, Ron, he's like, what the fuck are you watching on your phone there? Like, this fight was fucking crazy. It was, it was like a pure a pure and utter war for like the first 30 seconds or whatever it was and then Machinel did a great job I thought of slowing it down picked him off and I think that's what he needed to do against Pantoja um, he hit him hard as well at one stage he had Pantoja badly hurt and I thought from that point he was going to win it but I just thought he started throwing too much he let his hands go a little bit too much he got taken down a couple of times the ground and pound from Pantoja if anyone hasn't seen this fight or if you go back and watch it the accuracy with which he landed the ground and pound was, was maybe the best I seen in a very long time every shot he landed was like a jab like right he was like jabbing his head into the canvas really really good vicious accurate then he went to the body and in the right hand came over the top with the with the ko uh for the ko even a really really good fight i'm very high on match now i think he's a very good fighter i think pantoja is a fantastic fighter as well this flyweight division is like there's some some so you know very very good fighters on it and uh yeah, it was fantastic. What do you, do you think, Pantoja? Like he's a, I know he's fought, fought some of the top lads before, but I think he's you know a tough matchup for a lot of those guys as well. Even if he has lost them before. Yeah, I've always actually liked Pantoja. Because uh, he's Neil Siri, was it? No, just be. That's, <laughs> yeah, why, that's why I like. Yeah, it. exactly. That's <laughs> that's why. Um, yeah, because he beat Neil Siri, but uh, also because uh, on the Ultimate Fighter, he he uh, what was it? I can't remember what season it was. One of the one of the ultimate fighter seasons, uh, he he looked really good. Was in some really good fights and looked really well rounded and exciting. And it, it had been a while since we kind of seen these kind of you know uh, fighters like like you know Brandon Moreno and Pantoja actually coming out of the ultimate fighter. And, and you kind of got used to the terrible fights of the ultimate fighter, but you could see that these guys were were definitely on another level. Yeah. And he came into the UFC and obviously beat Neil Siri, which is a which is a big plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but it, like when he built, we, I think his kind of signature win so far has been that Wilson Hayes finish. Um, like Wilson Hayes has obviously been around for a long time, very well rounded and um, he, he just went through him in the first round. So Pantoja is dangerous. Like uh, Hayes is like you know in in the title picture around the title picture at that stage, and obviously. Uh, uh, Figueredo beat him in the decision, but uh, you, you know, the, not everybody obviously can be the best and be the champion. But Pantoja can be an exciting fighter, like he was against Matt Snell, and he can he can give these top guys a run for their money. But maybe he can't, maybe he won't ever ever be a champion. But mm-hmm. he'd be an exciting fighter, and you know, he's still he's still what thirty or twenty nine years old. Mm. He still has time to develop, but uh, it is a very very stacked division down there with a lot of talent and a lot of technical fighters, and maybe he's not quite as technical or as fast as as some of the other guys at the top of the division. Yeah. But- 
I wouldn't bet against him being a champion, though. Yeah, you probably, he probably won't, like, because it's tough to be a UFC champion. But I, I wouldn't bet against him. I think he's a very, very good fighter. I wouldn't bet against Chanel either. I think he's a very, very good fighter. And I think he'll come back from this. There's mistakes. Like, there's some fights you say, and uh, you say that, you know, that guy could never beat that guy again. But I feel like if they mm-hmm. fought again, he could beat him, like, but... Yeah, there could uh, be a lot of factors. And there also could just be, like, when a guy fights a guy and loses, it could just be a bad day at the office, or it could be loads of shit going on in the background that you don't know about. Or it could be just, you know, as they say, Zig when you should have zagged. And, and you know, um, it, like yeah, this, these guys have to have ridiculous belief in themselves, and that's always what they think. Yeah, like uh, like Alberto Del Rio against Tito Ortiz. If he just had a zig, when he would have zagged, he would have won that fight. But uh, whatever. Right. Uh, let's go. There's another few cards. Actually, there's a fight card coming up tonight, and maybe by the time people are listening to this, it's already happened. Uh, the uh, my my girl Arya Stark is fighting on it, um, and Alima and McFarlane as well. We had to get the podcast done today, so unfortunately we couldn't get it done before that card. But I'm sure we'll be tweeting about it and everything anyway. So fi- find us there. Uh, there was a Bellator card as well on uh, Friday night. Um, the main event. We'll get to what the main event was supposed to be in a second, but in the main event, uh, Toby Meeseeks, Mister Meeseeks, did a great job of beating Eric Silva. Just or Eric Perez, sorry, hit him with a big, big uh, knockout blow in that. Fifty-four seconds in, did very, very well. Uh, Alejandro Lara got a good decision win as well. Tywin Class and Joey Davis won the top. Um, prospects coming through as well. He looked absolutely fantastic winning uh, in the first round. KO. But did you see this, Josh Barnett? Yeah, jo- uh, Josh Barnett. Trouble just follows Josh Barnett around. Like uh, yeah. he basically like was the cause of like the folding of, of Donald Trump's MMA promotion affliction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was out for was like failed, two years that he was at a... when he was meant to when he was meant to uh, fight Fedor, mm-hmm. and back then it wasn't even you know you got you knew when you were going to be drug tested. And it was just I don't know. Trouble just seems to follow him around, and obviously maybe maybe this one wasn't his fault, but it's just you know it's just it's just shit. Yeah, that's very important. <laughs> obviously, you know he got sick in the background. The main event was called off. He was supposed to supposed to fight. I think it's is it Honey Marks or Ronnie Marks? I never. There's some of them are Ronnie, some of them are Honey. But anyway, he was supposed to fight him, and then obviously it couldn't happen. But it was really weird. I was watching it last night on Sky Sports, and uh, they, uh, you know, during like the breaks in America, they just show him on Sky Sports. So like Michael C. Williams comes out and he announces it to the crowd, and you, all you could hear was one because it was like you know one of them arena cameras. All you could hear was one one lad alongside the camera going, "Fuck this, I'm going home." <laughs> getting up and walking out it was very fucking funny and everyone was booing and everything but yeah it is terrible though for the 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 fans there there. these things happen in mma graham don't they (laughs) they certainly do right so there's no ufc card coming up until mcgregor versus cerrone so i'm sure we'll be getting to that over the the couple of weeks but the one big card coming up in the next couple of weeks uh is bellator 237 and that has some very, very good fights in it. Michael Page, uh, my boy Venom is fighting Shinsho Anzi, another another top guy for him there. Michael Venom. Uh, Darren Krushank fighting uh, Goichi Yamamoto. Uh, oh, Ilira Joanne is actually on this card. I thought she was on the one tonight. Unfortunately, she isn't. But there you go. Keita Nakamura, Lorenz Larkin, Michael Chandler, uh, Sydney Outlaw, and then a fight maybe we a lot of people have wanted for a long time down through the years. Uh, Fedor Emelianenko. <laughs> Versus it, 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 before we go to is Sydney Outlaw really his name? Because what a name! I don't know. Possibly, I don't know <laughs> he's probably one of these lads. Like Nick really good. Dagon. Yeah. Sydney Dagon Outlaw. Sydney the, the oh Sydney the yeah. Let's think up of a good nickname for him. Sydney the Gun Outlaw. 
Dagon. Dagon. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. There's some. Oh God, I have a great nickname. That's what like. his nickname is. That's what his nickname is. Is it? Oh, oh it is it? Sydney Dagon Outlaw. Oh, I like that. Sydney the Cowboy. Oh, cowboy Sydney Outlaw. Oh, imagine that as a nickname. Ah, there's enough cowboys going around. <laughs> there is enough cowboys going around. But what do you think of this uh, Rampage Jackson versus Fader Emelianenko fight? <laughs> Rampage probably about fucking forty pounds overweight. Fader about seventy-four years of age. Can't take a shot. <laughs> Slightly after their best, I would say here. What do you think? Yeah, can't wait. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we're waiting for this one all year. Finally yeah. coming around. Uh, all decade. Yeah, all decade. Yeah, they finally they they teased us all decade, and now we finally have it. Um, yeah, Jesus, Fedor's looked terrible recently. Um, Rampage hasn't looked much better, but probably has looked a little better and been a lot more active. Um, it depends what kind of shape Rampage is in. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be in terrible shape. Uh, he'd probably be in terrible shape, actually. Yeah. Um, Especially when it's that heavyweight, like. Yeah. 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 I, 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 who cares? Yeah, I don't care. No one really. I think I find it hard to see Rampage not winning just because Fedor can't take a shot, and like I think Rampage yeah, can so still take a shot. Yeah, yeah, it's such a like you know, it's, he's he's not young anymore. He's so inactive. He, how much training is he actually doing to try and improve? Probably none. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a weird one. Uh, that I, I think that's actually a giant rising card as well. And rising have another card. Then uh, they have Kaya Sakura who beat uh, Kyoji. Sorry, who, sorry, who have you got in the Michael Page fight? <laughs> I think Michael Page might just win that. I think he might. I think he might just. You know, he might just slide by. Is that one of your ball predictions? Is it? Yeah, oh, that's one of my ball predictions. Really, one of my ball predictions is already halfway through, and it isn't even the fucking New Year. So, you know, it's looking good. But uh, yeah, this other rising card, uh, uh, Kaya Su- uh, Sakura versus Man. Cape, so how, how, how did you phrase it though if he loses if he lost his belt before 2020 I, is that wrong then uh, well the, the, these predictions haven't come out yet so spoiler alert but if you put it out and he's already stripped a one then it's not okay out. i'll just give it away so so one of my predictions was henry suda will lose both belts in 2020 so he's already lost one so he can't possibly lose both in 2020 but I've ugh, come on. I, we had it recorded. <laughs> like it was in the books. Dude, facts don't care about your feelings, Sean. <laughs> Should have been Jameer for fuck's sake. But yeah, no, I, I reckon that counts. I actually that episode was really fun. We you recorded that it the other day. That doesn't count. It's, uh, it does count. That's halfway there. That's, oh, it's, it's 2019, man. No, I think it's Sorry from. Sorry to break it down. <laughs> he he hasn't lost it yet. He still has it. I've never. I haven't seen that belt being taken off him at all. For as Trying far to take as a fucking army, <laughs> uh, right. Other fights on that rising card: uh, CB Dalloway's fighting on it. Johnny Chase, uh, Pitbull is on it. Patricky, Patricky, oh, Pitbull. The Pitbull and the Doberman on the same card is it's a big one. Ooh, it's a big one for the dogs. Uh, Patrick Mix is on it as well. Looks fantastic. He's he's uh, one of our nominations for a uh, uh, worldwide prospect of the year. Will you send in those fucking nominations as well, Graham? For fuck's sake, no. I've been waiting for about a fucking year from you. Shotty Ishi, other lads as well. Then the other card uh, over. Over the 31st of December, I don't know if we'll have a podcast before then or not. Probably not. I'd say, when is that? No, probably not. Uh, Kyla Harrison versus Larissa Pacheco. We have the welterweight, uh, heavyweight, lightweight fights. There, David Mashud, Ray Cooper the third, Jared Rushalt, Ali Isaev, uh, Nathan Shute versus a lad whose name I can't pronounce. Alex Gibbon versus Lance Palmer, and as well we have uh, oh Jordan Johnson versus Minyana Sardi and Brendan Lachnan, who I had on the podcast and told him how to pronounce his name the other day. He's fighting David Valente, and he's going into the um, 
lightweight tournament next year so they promised him a couple of fights and they've delivered it for him so uh, if you haven't heard that interview uh, if you're li- wherever you're listening to this listen to the last podcast before it because it, it should be there or uh, it's on patreon it's up on our youtube as well so listen to it there very good intro interesting interview with uh with brendan lockman it was uh, it was interesting to talk to him so that's that graham any uh, anything else that we left out that we didn't talk about yeah we forgot about liverpool being the world champions what is uh, like I know you. Real Madrid are going to have to take that golden badge <laughs> off their their kit now. <laughs> Some fars in there, like a friendly. Bar. They're, uh, they're playing against these fucking plumbers and and uh, electricians from Brazil and calling yourself as world champions. Like what the fuck? Uh, they got what they got 90, 90 something points in the, in the league last year. They're the best Brazilian team in, in decades. But uh, they couldn't they couldn't score against Van Dijk or, or Allison. You know and the referee was a far a disgrace as well. In fairness, yeah, he shouldn't have given that penalty at the first, but it's glad, glad VAR came in and, and got rid of it. So. He gave a hot ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about, yeah, he didn't even give a foul. I thought he was gonna red card your man because it was, it yeah, was no no card, hot ball. No card. Clear, he took a, no, he, no, no. decision there. He actually gave me a yellow card and took it back and <laughs> gave a hot ball. It was just it was fantastic. But you know, do you know what this reminded me of? It was like um with that time Ireland beat New Zealand over in America in that uh, that test match. This is what this reminds me. No, this of. wasn't a friendly at all. This no, is this a, is a be- test match. Yeah, yeah. Okay, everybody knows that like winning the Champions League is like you're basically the the champions of the world, but yeah. this confirms it. Nah, this is just a test match. Like, like if you go into a tournament against a team who's you know been singing about a victory over over your team in 1981 ever since, and they're still singing about it, you want to go beat them and be the world champions and it's really important tournament around the world maybe in the english media they don't like if you if you look at the, the ratings for this match compared to the, the man city leicester match i'd say this match is going to be it will you go away oh, well maybe because it was on bbc i probably will because everyone yeah, has BBC even the bbc splashed out for this one you can't miss this one sure fucking antiques roadshow would have a bigger audience world champions and, uh, world what, are you, what are you talking about fucking antiques roadshow that's where, team in the world that's, world champions that's where liverpool's league fucking trophies would be on anyway antiques roadshow i'm telling you so fuck you are you looking forward to winning You're the league? You're just bitter. You're just bitter. This is the last year you'll ever live where Liverpool haven't won the league. The the, the Premier League, league since yeah. they changed the name from the, the first division to the Premiership. Yeah. To Although the you, were, you were kind of old as well. You were alive. What year were you born? 87. Yeah, yeah so you have. What year did they win? 89, was it? 88? 87? Yeah, I think it was 88, 89. Yeah. Or, uh, no, it was in 89, 90. Oh, was it? Oh, I was like. I think so. Or maybe that was the the... the the Michael Thomas Arsenal goal to win it for Arsenal that was either 90-91 or, or yeah. 89-90 I'm, I'm, I'm not much of a historian to be honest I wouldn't know much about things that happened back then I'd rather things that actually happened in my lifetime that I saw so yeah um, yeah well it's good you know we win that tournament get 7 million get Minamino in for 7.25 million basically got him got him at a snip so you're actually downplaying winning the Premier League is it? oh no the World Championship is it? 7 million? jeez that's not bad yeah yeah oh, that's alright I'll take it what do you think of uh, this Haaland stuff? Do you think? Uh, think yeah, well, like he has a really good record in the Champions League and in the, in in underage and in the the Austrian, Austrian League. Yeah. But against Liverpool in the biggest game of his career, he didn't look great. Obviously, he's he's young and maybe you know he'd be in, he'd be more comfortable in huge games in the future. Mm-hmm. But he did make the wrong decision a couple of times like he shot wide in the near post on a good chance and he tried a couple of flicks instead of simple passes on, on counters but you know he you got to remember how young this guy is as well like and I don't think I don't think a move to Man United will, will be a good move for him he should avoid that place and you know they've got young strikers already like uh... at least he get games at Man United though, I feel like I don't know yeah, if he goes to to Salzburg though, but they have Werner as well. They've team of Werner. So yeah, he's probably going to leave in the summer though, isn't he? His contract's yeah, running yeah. down. 
yeah, maybe. Um, he'd be kind of the, you'd think the way the, the Red Bull of or the or whatever the Red Bull have linked it up yeah. that, that that would be the next step but obviously uh, it seems like these guys have reasonable release clauses uh, if yeah. me and is anything to go by like that's more than reasonable uh, release clauses mm-hmm. you know you, you sell Ryan Kent the Rangers for the same price you get me and Amino, a guy who was like you know man of the match in, in a, at Anfield in, in a 4-3 yeah. so yeah um, it seems like Rebel have dropped the ball on these guys I and think they, I think they do it on purpose don't they because but this is so low like dude, why can't you just have it at 15 million or something you know what I mean it's, yeah, it's so low I think Haaland's only like 17 and a half million or something as well isn't it which is yeah low. you make that 30 and people would pay it no problem they think yeah. that's a bargain like you know they seem to have put way too low release clauses in these contracts uh, Mino Raiola is uh, in charge of him so that's probably the reason why you know he gets big money every time someone moves so for him to have a, a small uh, buy-on clause means probably yeah. he earns more money like, obviously if you look at the numbers Haaland is scoring and at the age he's scoring them it looks like the numbers look great but you know we've seen other guys who've banged in the goals at kind of underage and even your man Gabby Gold who's playing tonight uh, Gabriel Barboza mm-hmm. you know there was high hopes for him and like uh, went to Inter I think he's still at Inter in Flamingo, but uh, you know it can be different when you move over to a, a club too early, maybe in your career. Yeah, Alexandra Pato, he was my favorite. He was class. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know some of these guys like they they just move too early and they ruin their careers already. It's it stunts them. Like people like you know a lot of talent doesn't necessarily mean you're like I know Charisma is like a completely different player than Alan, yeah. but. You know, um, it can go horribly wrong if you make the wrong move too early. Yeah. I, I, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, like, you know, he's been his manager before, but he's not exactly. Nobody's going to be going around claiming he's a great manager who has a track record of developing no. players. You know what I mean? He just doesn't. Yeah. I, the one reason I think he might come is because Mino Raiola is Paul Pogba's agent as well. And he came out the other day and said Pogba's staying, but he needs more players around him. So I'm like... Yeah, what's he saying that for? Like, he probably only wants to get his own players there. So maybe he wants to get Haaland there and a few more in. But yeah, I don't know. Look, I, I'd love to get him. I hope we get him, but I wouldn't be. Or Rayola's right, just like a run down Pogba's contract here. So my, my, my fee and signing on bonus is bigger the next time he, he, said, le- he signs the contract. He'd have to wait like four years to do that. So that's going to be a bit of an issue. So anyway, that's uh, that's a bit of a soccer podcast there anyway. So. Right, I suppose this is me. We have like five more podcasts coming up on Patreon, so please sign up patreon.com forward slash severe mail podcast. I know it's a tough time of the year, and maybe there's not that much money going around or anything, but it'll only cost you a fiver, and you'll have we'll have loads of stuff. You know, you pay that in a fucking a coffee going out, uh, the you know, the, the morning after a night out, and things are, are a pint. It only cost the price of one pint. If we were out, if you were out of Christmas and you saw me and Graham, would you buy us a pint? I'd say you probably would, so sign up. Patreon.com forward slash Severe Mail Podcast. A podcast every day this week. Other people go on holidays. We give you more content. That's what we are here in the Severe Mail Podcast. I've decided that I'm going to be the most prolific podcaster in the world of MMA. That's what I'm doing. That's what you'll get. That's your guarantee if you sign up for Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Severe Mail Podcast. Graham will also appear like once every two weeks. So... There you go. If you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky. Right, everyone. Thanks very much. We appreciate you. All your everyone who signed up on Patreon, everyone who has subscribed here, everyone listens here. Please give us a subscribe on uh, on SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you listen. We've like only like ten percent of people I think are actually subscribed that listen to the podcast. So if you could subscribe, that would actually be brilliant and it help us out an awful lot and you know it doesn't cost anything or anything like that so please do that follow graham at severe Man, me at sean gn send in your questions for the next podcast i'll have a q a next week i think so send them in at severe Man pod and uh that's that do you want what song you want to sing today graham do you want to sing like champions of the world or champions of europe or what's the what's the song for the end today
Yeah, well, uh, the Liverpool fans will have to come up with yet another uh, victory tune mm-hmm. uh, to add to the the the, the many many uh, European and and now stretching into the world titles that Liverpool have, and hopefully this year uh, the provincial the provincial yeah. and the the Champions League is still going. Obviously, it's a <laughs> tough draw against Atletico Madrid. It's it's not the hardest draw, but it's not the easiest, and it's a it's going to be a tight game. But I. I over two legs with Anfield being in the second leg after finishing first in the group uh, I think Liverpool will probably go through and obviously after after this round there's going to be a lot of good teams and anything can happen but mm. if, if Liverpool were to win the world championships the provincials yeah. and the and the European then mm. that would be some some, what, some achievement what about the League Cup though? <laughs> yeah, well, the, five the nil, kid, you know, the, to Villa, five nil, to Villa, five nil, to Villa, five nil, to Villa, five nil. Yeah, the kids were screwed to by VAR, Villa. as you probably saw. Uh, the, I didn't like <laughs> The first goal changed everything, you know, yourself, the, the butterfly effect. <laughs> You're making excuses for a five <laughs> those kids, nil. Those kids would have won five nil if it wasn't for the pesky refs. I respect that. would have had all the goals. I respect that. Your uh, man? Yeah, well, like, you know, when, when Longstaff is playing up front, when he's a, a centre mid, uh, playing up front because Brewster's injured. Yeah, because oh, of, Brewster, I was, I was going to ask you that, yeah. Our bet, we have 20 quid on that uh, Greenwood will score yeah. more than Brewster. You might as well just pay me yeah, that money Brewster, right now. you want to get fit and get it alone yeah. to some like championship team or something <laughs> Scottish yeah. league yeah. <laughs> any any uh, any league one team looking for a striker I need I need, uh, I need this Green- about five goals real quick <laughs> Green was doing well at first but anyway that's it thanks everyone for listening we got like two soccer podcasts there um, and yeah all that's left to do is give the inspirational quote of the week if you want something different you gotta do something different we'll see you next Tuesday, maybe Sunday, maybe like next two weeks time. Anyway, we'll see you sometime. Good luck. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year.